Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga. I'm joined, as always, by our tribe beat writer, Paul Hoynes. Paul, good to talk to you, and uh, it's uh, it's been a big week for the Indians. Uh, the well, for the ex Indians, really, uh, yeah. if you want to talk about it, uh, Andrew Miller uh, agrees to a deal with St. Louis, and Michael Brantley signs in Houston. So those are uh, two pretty big, important uh, pieces of the the team from last year that are no longer going to be with the Indians moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I thought, you know, I all those are two guys that I thought were gone, you know, as soon as they had their exit meetings, Joe, I think, you know, it was obvious, you know, the way the Indians are handling their money right now that they, they weren't going to be able to keep those guys. Um, you know, they didn't offer them a qualifying offer, you know, which was kind of a dead giveaway and, you know, maybe, and it, and it did them a favor as well too. I mean, you know, Houston that signed Brantley does, doesn't lose that doesn't have to give up any draft picks, doesn't have any compensation, and the same with the Cardinals. So, I mean, that was kind of a two-way street. And, you know, they both, they're both at, at that stage of their career where, you know, Brantley had the good season at the right time, but you, you've got to wonder about, you know, his health. And, you know, two years, I thought that was a good good deal for both, both parties. You know, you don't get too, you know, you don't, the Astros didn't get too up. Uh, out over their skis on, on it. And, uh, you know, Brantley still got a chance to make a, a good payday, you know, probably, you know, maybe the last uh, big, big contract he signs. So uh, two years, about 32, 33 million for, for Brantley yeah. was, was what we saw reported. Right. Uh, how would you respond to uh tribe fans who, say, who, who would say, Oh, well, you know, why couldn't the Indians give him 15 million or 16 million for, for a season or two, uh, what what's the, obviously the response is the Indians just don't have the money for it. Yeah, I you know I I was told that you know they they couldn't play with any of their free agents when those twelve guys. I mean you know that you know that, that they were basically you know when they when they filed for free agency those guys were gone. And uh, now now I, I'm not that's not saying that you know you know, in, in January or February that uh, if Milky Cabrera still doesn't have a job, he, he doesn't come back or, or uh, you know, the same with Josh Tomlin or, or maybe even Cody Allen, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if they can get them on a club-friendly one-year, two-year deal, something like a one-year deal, yeah, that that's, could be. But the big, the big guys, Brantley, Miller, you know, th- those guys were gone. Those, right. they, I, I just don't think they had enough money – you know, you could see how they manipulated 
how, the manipulations they had to go through to just, you know, to cut the payroll back where they, you know, could, you know, at this point keep uh, Bauer and, and Kluber and keep that rotation together where they don't have to make a trade. So they had to trade what, like Gomes, Encarnacion, Yandy Diaz, and and uh, Alonso. So, you know, that was just to keep those, keep the rotation intact, maybe. Right. Uh, Miller uh, reportedly agrees to a deal uh, two years, 25 or was it two years, 25 yeah, two, million 25, yeah. with a, with a vesting option for a third year. Uh, are you surprised with given Miller's injury history, both, both Brantley and Miller had big in, injury questions uh, that sort of maybe precluded them from getting more years on a deal. But, uh, you know, Miller gets gets two years in that dollar amount for a guy who, who really over the last two seasons hasn't hasn't pitched. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I thought that was, you know, I love Miller. You know, I, you, you never forget what, what he did in 2016, how he really transformed his team and, and transformed, uh, you know, the, the art of being used as a reliever. And I, I don't know if that was maybe to his detriment, if it caught up to him. Uh, but he certainly uh, changed him and Francona certainly changed the face of relief pitching and, you know, going forward, but he's been on the DL, like you said, Joe, five times in the last two years, we haven't seen the best of them since 2016. And he's, he'll be, he'll pitch at 33, I believe uh, most of the next season. Uh, you know, I, that's a gamble for the, for the Cardinals. And I think they're going to really have to use him. You know, you have to be really careful with them and, and use him the right way. Now, you know, his agent said he got, you know, he, he got a full physical after this season, after this past season, everything checked out. But, you know, he's got, he's a, he's six, seven, and he's got a lot of funky angles to him when he throws the ball. There's a lot of stress on different parts of his body. He, he's six, seven, and he, he doesn't have that sort of like, really solid frame. He's, he's very wiry and very looks like he blow over in a stiff wind at, at, at sometimes. Uh, it, it doesn't preclude him from throwing, you know, 96 when he's, when he's going good. But you know, if I always felt like if, if he were a little more solid, maybe there was, you know, he, he could prevent some of those injuries that, that always pop up for him. And, and uh, I just, I look at him, you know, all elbows and knees walking around the clubhouse and it's like, you know, he's an injury waiting to happen, but God bless him. He, he's a, he, a fine person, a wonderful guy. Great to talk to in the clubhouse, always willing to talk, uh, a real leader in that regard. Uh, so there's, there's going to be a, a loss for the tribe there, but uh, you know, obviously the Indians just couldn't, couldn't hang with that kind of, uh, you know, financial commitment. Yeah. And they told him and his agent, you know, at their exit meeting or shortly after that, that, you know, Hey, <laughs> Thanks for all your help, and uh, but we can't, you know, you, we can't afford to keep you. They told Brian Shaw the same thing the year before, so uh, you know I think they're up front with these guys. These guys know, you know, that hey, this is it, you know. So right, and uh, I just, you know, I just, uh, you just wonder, uh, you know, so he's getting twenty five million, you know, and you know, obviously the vesting option. You know, it, you know, he's got to make like 100, 150 appearance, 100, 100, 115 appearances in in the two years, probably to, to vest that, something like that. Right, right. And uh, you know, so I, that's motivation. If if you know, and if, if and I think if he can go out there, he will. You know, but I think, but I don't know if you're going to be able to use him 
like Francona used them. You're not right. going to be able to use them for one and two third innings, and you're not going to be able to bring. I mean, you know what I mean? You, you, well, I, maybe I, maybe they're thinking about changing his sort of role in that. Uh, you know, I don't know the, all the I don't know the makeup of the uh, the St. Louis bullpen right now, but uh, you know maybe they're only thinking he's not necessarily a matchup guy, but maybe they're thinking one inning max for him. Whereas, you know, Francona, again, we would use him for an inning, an inning, a third, you know, come back off of getting the, the final out of an inning to, to pitch a full inning in the, the eighth. Uh, maybe they're thinking about changing his role so they, they understand that, uh, you know, 75 to 78 appearances might not be completely out of the question for, for him in the next two seasons. Yeah, no, I think I think you're exactly right, and maybe maybe they do start him out as a left on left guy. That's a hell of a <laughs> that'd be a hell of a left on left guy, wouldn't it? No. And, uh, so uh, if he's healthy, I mean, he's if he's healthy. He'll he'll he's gonna you know he'll, his his uh, you know he'll pitch himself into a vital role in that. Right. Well, and you got to think about the the division that they're in and the lefties that are that are in that division uh, that you're going to be facing. You're going to be facing. Uh, you know, Rizzo and Schwarber when they're playing uh, Chicago, you're going to be facing Yelich. And, you know, there's some there's some significant left-handed bats in the rest of that division that, that he's going to be facing in, in, in high-leverage situations. So, yeah, I guess I guess $25 million makes sense if that's what you're, uh, you're going to be yeah. facing. Yeah. So let's look at the, uh, the, the roster, you know, turnover, obviously. Uh, the, the free agents that are gone, Lonnie Chisenhall was the first to go. He signs in, in Pittsburgh. Josh Donaldson signs in Atlanta. Roger Davis earlier in the week uh, signs a minor league deal with the Mets. Michael Brantley, obviously, to Houston and Miller to uh, St. Louis. That leaves Cody Allen, Brandon Geyer, Melky Cabrera, Josh Tomlin, Oliver Perez, Adam Rosales, and Brandon Barnes as the remaining uh, Indians free agents. Uh, and as you said, not really expecting many of them to to, to have any uh, you know to have a chance to come back to the Indians unless the market dictates that you know come February or early March that that somebody's hanging around like a Melky Cabrera was or you know there's a possibility that a Brandon Geyer could still be available, sure. but, but that's you know might not be something the Indians want to take on. And, and you know they're probably in, and I would think if these guys want to come to camp on a minor league deal. You know, uh, maybe that maybe they agree to that, uh, and that th- those usually take some time to. You know, they've really got to study the market, see if they can get a big league offer somewhere else, and then they come back uh, to the tribe, and maybe this is their that's their best chance to make the club. So, uh, you know, th- th- this is gonna this is gonna take a while. We're, this is gonna uh, we're gonna watch this play out for you know several weeks here, running right up to the start of spring training. I would imagine. The thing that's interesting, Joe, is that, uh, you know, they've lost so many players, you know. Um, you know, go, just go over go over. The right, that was, that was the next level that I was going to get to was the, uh, you know, in addition to the free agents that are off the roster now, you're talking about Jan Gomes, who's been traded, um, uh, Yandy Diaz and uh, Edwin Encarnacion, who've been traded, as well as Yonder Alonso, who's been traded, and that's, a significant portion of your starting lineup from, from last year, really what you're left with uh, as, as far as starters are Lindor Ramirez, Kipnis, and, uh, uh, you know, whoever was, was patrolling uh, left field, center field, and, and 
Perez at catcher uh, when Bauer was there. So those are your only regulars who were back from, from the, the roster last year. You're really losing a, a, a large portion of your, your starting lineup and your regular rotation in, in terms of position players. Yeah, I mean, it really is. And, and I think in terms – in the locker room, you know, you, you, you've, those guys you mentioned that got traded – then you then you go you know with Brantley and uh, you know a guy that's been there for a long time you know ten years in the organization if Tomlin doesn't come back you know he's another guy that's eight ten years in the organization Chisenhall you know number one pick in what nineteen eighty eight he's been there <laughs> you know so so that's you know you know when you talk about culture and leadership you know that's that's a big chunk and you know so you really turn this team over in, in a manner of speaking and. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. You know, will they bring in a Giambi and and uh, or a, a Napoli like they did when Tito first came here? You know, to kind of lead the way, or or is Lindor or Ramirez, you know, ready to kind of step up and and be the you know lead, show the way on in the clubhouse and on the field? And obviously, it helps if you're if you're the best player on the team and and you're performing well and and. You know, I think Lindor and, and Ramirez are at the top of their game right now. And, and Kipnis, you know, is, is still involved in that. I, I think Chris, uh, you know, Antonetti and, and, and Chernoff have, have found over the last couple of seasons those veteran guys that you can plug in who are good locker room clubhouse guys. They, they, they provide sort of that, that sort of secondary level of leadership uh, like Napoli did, like, like Davis did uh, from time to time. Uh, and you're sort of grooming Lindor to, to step into that role. But again, you know, Lindor's on a clock now where he's, he's only, you know, got maybe three years left with the organization as well. So how much of a culture can you develop if you know your, your time with the team is going to be limited? Uh, and, you know, we don't know that for sure, but it, it, the writing's pretty much on the wall. Uh, as far as Kipnis, I mean, he's, he's been a voice. He'll, he'll talk and he'll, he'll be a, a guy that, you know, the, the, the reporters turn to for, for answers about certain things. Yeah. But uh, as far as when the doors close, being outspoken in that room, uh, it, it's, it's time for, for somebody like Lindor or Perez, who's got a contract and is going to be sticking around for, for those guys to, to say things. To, yeah. To do it. And I think, you know, Lindor has always been real close to Brantley. He's watched how Brantley does it. I don't think Brantley was a screamer or a yeller. But he was, you know, really respected in, in that locker room, you know. And uh, Perez has watched Gomes. You know, Gomes, I think, had, had, a, had a big voice in there. It just kind of was a steadying influence. And you've still got, you know, the pitchers, Kluber and Carrasco, Bauer. Those guys have been around. Uh, well, you don't, think, you don't think there's a lot of leadership coming out of the, you know, pitchers who only, you know, pitch, like you said, they pitch once, once yeah. every five days. So it's hard, harder to be a leader that way. But Yeah. But, but I think, you know, they can – you know, they can, they show up, they set, they set an example, you know, you would watch, you know, that they're not sitting there twiddling their thumbs at four days between every start, you know, right. they're showing, you know, they're, they're, they're preparing. And I think that, that goes a long way in, in a clubhouse as well. That's, that's the reason you never see Corey Kluber in the clubhouse is because <laughs> when you would say a pitcher would be sitting there twiddling his thumbs, Corey Kluber's out there working and he's yeah. putting in work every day and they, they see that and they know that. So, yeah. Yeah. And most of all those guys do, you know, they, they really, they do a good job, okay. but it's going to be interesting. And, you know, I think uh, probably more emphasis, this will be a good test for Tito. You know, uh, when Tito first came in, I think, uh, 
you know, he, in 93, he did a great job, you know, uh, manager of the year. Um, you know, they went from 94 losses to 93 wins uh, in a wild card spot. Uh, and I think he, you know, I think this will, maybe this will re-energize him. And I, not that he needed to be re-energized, but, you know, I think uh, the, the manager, a little more is going to be asked of him in, uh, and the coaching staff with a team like this, you know, unless, you know, they bring in like 50 veterans between right. now and, and uh, the start of spring training. Well, you know, it, it, it was well reported. 2017 was a rough year for, for Tito physically. He, he, you know, missed time around the all-star game with the heart procedure. And, you know, it was, and his, his father passed away before the season began that year. And, that was just uh, as far as away from the between the foul lines, you know, baseball, everything else that could go wrong that year pretty much did. And so, you know, 2018, maybe sort of a reset year for, for Tito and he comes back in, in 2019 and, and sort of attacks it. And, you know, Hey, since the sort of the, the bullpen evolution, you, you hinted uh, earlier about that, that the way he used Andrew Miller and the, the bullpen, revolution uh you know the way that things changed it, we're, we're sort of waiting for the next big idea to come out of tito what's going to be the next big thing and <laughs> tito's always been that guy who you know when the the analytics sort of started filtering into the game he he was he didn't resist it he he took what he needed from it and he he ran with it you know there's now every manager who's getting hired it looks like he's you know 25 years old and you know is, is all about uh you know bill james and and everything so yeah, uh, you know Tito's still sort of old school, but he's blended with the new school, and and I, you know, maybe the next big thing comes out this year, and you know, catches a spark. Yeah, you never know. I mean, uh, you know, he's he's got he's, you know, he he's got street cred. You know, he's he's he, he's got he's got the credibility in the locker room. Yeah, rings will do that. Yeah. He, yep. And you know, and you, you when you win for fourteen straight seasons, you know that that means something. The players know that. Uh, I don't think, uh, you know, he really, you know, the thing about him is, you know, like before every game, like 40 minutes before every game, he's down in the dugout and, you know, he's talking to different players. I think that's when he does his best work. You know, he gets, he goes one-on-one with different players. He just kind of, you know, takes the pulse of the team. I think he knows he's got a real good grip on it. He's not hiding in the office. You know, he's out there. He, he knows what, you know, he trusts, he get, lets his coach his coach. But he, and he gets feedback from them, and, and the players are honest with him. And then that's why he can be honest with them, you know, when, when they've got to have – if somebody's going down or somebody gets traded, somebody gets released, you know, they can, they can have those conversations. All right. Well, uh, we previously talked about the, the Indians' uh, uh, outfield and, and the approach that they're going to have to have there and, and, you know, where the holes are and what the, the issues are going to be uh, coming up uh, in 2019. Uh, now let's take a look at uh, the other big question mark sort of uh, heading into the season, the bullpen. Uh, right now you're working on uh, some, some free agents who are possibilities uh, to, to add in that situation. But let's look at what the Indians have uh, as far as the bullpen heading towards 2019. Uh, we can start with, you know, Brad Hand. We know that they, they acquired Brad Hand. Uh, they moved their, their top prospect in their organization in Francisco Mejia to get Brad Hand, uh, also Adam Simber, who pitched out of position a little bit last year. Um, so those guys are, are there in the, in the bullpen. Uh, you've also got uh, Nick Goody uh, coming back off an of injury. 
uh, John Edwards, Tyler Olson, Dan Otero, and Neil Ramirez. Uh, as far as you know, wild cards. Let's let's just mention a couple of these guys, and you give give me your thoughts on these guys. Uh, James Hoyt uh, acquired from Houston uh, during the season. Yeah, they they you know they uh, he 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 had I think he's pitched like parts of two or three seasons with Houston. He's done a real good job. Did a decent job. He's an older guy, veteran type guy. Been all over the place. I, I was reading a story about him. His first professional job, he paid. Jose Canseco was the coach and he paid Jose Canseco a hundred bucks for a tryout. He was, wow. That's how he got his start in pro ball. So, you know, this guy's been around, he's knocked around in, in Mexico. He's uh, a more interesting, right. a more interesting story would be what Jose uh, Canseco did with that hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, he's kind of a veteran guy. He was, they added him to the 40 man. Then they took him off, you know, for the rule five. And uh, but he signed a minor league deal, so he's coming to camp. So that's a guy to watch, I think. Uh, uh, they have Chi, Chi Wee Hugh. Uh, they traded minor league infielder uh, Gianti Turner to Tampa Bay. He was uh, he was with the Tampa Bay organization, and, and this is a guy who was pretty highly thought of when he first came into the big leagues. Yeah, and you know he's had some big league time. I think just with the Rays, right? I'm, I'm pretty right. sure with the Rays yeah. was his and big he, league. You know, he's kind of starter, kind of a hybrid starter reliever. So uh, you know he'll get a shot. We'll see what he can do. And uh, I think there's another. There's a couple other guys, right? Yeah, uh, uh, Jeffrey Rodriguez. The yeah. he was uh, acquired uh, during the Jan Gomes trade. Yeah, Rodriguez, a big guy, six five, uh, from the Dominican Republic, uh, throws really hard. Uh, you know, 95 to 99, uh, but he doesn't really have, he, sometimes he doesn't know where it's going. You know, that control <laughs> is the big thing. He's made, he made, I think he made four or five, six starts for the Nationals last year. But I, I would think if he's going to win a job here, he's going to be, you know, have to do it in the bullpen probably as as in the middle relief, sixth, seventh inning, that kind of thing. And uh, Walker Lockett uh, acquired from San Diego for, uh, minor league right-hander Ignacio Feliz. Yeah, another another kind of starter. Uh, made uh, made a couple starts with the Padres last year. Uh, probably probably if he's gonna, you know, I, you know, he gives you some depth at AAA. He's got an option. Uh, so uh, you know, you've got some, you know, you've got a guy sitting there if if you have a, an injury. And I think you know if if the Indians like his stuff, if if he's going to make the club coming out of spring training or early, it's going to have to be in the bullpen. So you know you've got some you've got some arms there. Yeah, I don't think he throws real hard. I'm not sure. I, you know, the, the last time I, I haven't checked uh, really in depth on him, but um, you know I think uh, you know he's he's more like a starter profile. Well, after seeing what Tampa Bay did with their relievers last year and how they were able to run out seemingly an endless stream of hard-throwing, right-handed, just enormous, you know, bullpen guys and, uh, you know, really sort of dominate games in, in that way uh, last season, is are, are the Indians looking for those kind of, you know, pitchers like, like, like you mentioned – you, you said Rodriguez throws hard, doesn't know where it's going. I mean, is is, yeah. is he the kind of guy that, you know, might signal a change for the Indians here? Well, I know, uh, you know, whenever uh, uh, Francona talked about, 
the Rays bullpen, he started drooling. So I mean, he was he loved he loved those guys. He loved, he said they they not only come throw hard, but they they're different they're different type pitchers. You know, some guys you know are sinker sliders. Some guys throw hard lefties righties. You know, fastballs. I mean, he said there was a great variety of of relievers, and and they all you know pitched well and that was one of the reasons the Rays won uh, 90 games last season so uh you know I think uh if they could you know that's why I thought you know when they were talking about Yandy Diaz and and Encarnacion that they they might be able to swing a deal for one of those guys It, it it didn't work that way uh but uh but you know I think that's still something to keep an eye on of the uh the more familiar names to to Tribe fans uh who are going to be there in the bullpen mix, you know, obviously Brad Hand's spot is, is cemented, but you know, we're talking Goody, Simber, Edwards, Olson, Otero, and Ramirez, uh, you know, of, of that group, who needs to really sort of stand out in, in spring training in order to, to cement a spot and, and be, you know, make this team out of, out of spring training. Well, I think, you know, you know, they've got to find a setup guy, Joe. I mean, yeah. and I don't know, you know, you know, unless Allen comes back, you know, unless they, they're able to work a deal with him late later this off season. I mean, they, they need to find somebody that can set hand up and, uh, or, or even kind of rotate with them, you know, like they did last year, let, you know, the, Allen they're going to pay, they're gonna have to pay somebody to do yeah, that. Right. So I think you're going to have to go out and get somebody or Otero is going to have to have a huge bounce back year or, or Ramirez Ramirez, you know, when he was hot, he, he looked like a setup man, yeah. but then he couldn't keep the ball in the park. So, you know, you have to, those guys have to be reliable. I mean, you know, for so long we were spoiled here with, you know, when they had, when they had Allen, uh, uh, Shaw, Allen and Shaw. Yeah. And you know, they just uh and and then you had, you know, they you always had somebody, you know, Otero was, you know, was in the sixth or seventh inning. They had, you know, they they could always like string together three three really, you know, lockdown relievers. Yeah. Maybe Simber, I don't know, but Simber looks right now more like a, a right on right guy. Yeah, he's a mat he he looks more like a matchup guy to me. You know, it it always like you talk about that time when they were always looking for, uh, you know, a sixth or seventh inning guy, a guy would flash in, like Otero would flash in and have a good hot streak. And then if they had to, they could move away from him if he sort of lost it a little bit. Now, a guy like Otero or a guy like Ramirez, Neil Ramirez, is being relied on to be that consistent guy. And that's not, that, that wasn't the case last year. That's, that wasn't what they gave him. Yeah, and I don't know, maybe Hoyt is, is crafty enough, you know, he's got enough experience. Maybe he kind of fits in, in there somewhere. But, uh, you know, it's – and, you know, Olsen, I like the way Olsen, you know, pitched after he came off the DL and he kind of, you know, he, I, I think he made a, a, you know, kind of a young pitcher's mistake, tried to pitch through an injury, mm-hmm. and it, it made just wor- – it made it worse. But then when he came out, you know, he got healthy and, and he came back and he pitched pretty well going down the stretch. But it, it looks mm-hmm. like – you know, right 14, 14 him scoreless, 14 yeah. scoreless for him. He, so, he looked like 2017. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I don't know if he's just a left on left guy because righties, you know, kind of beat him up a little bit. So, uh, you know, is he a setup guy? I, I don't know. I mean, so I think, yeah, they're going to have to, I don't think we've, they, the setup guy is on the team yet. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we wanted to mention, uh, you know, just if we've, we've seen anything or heard anything, what our positions are on whether or not the Indians are going to make any trades with their starting pitching, uh, Kluber, uh, Kluber, 
or, or Bauer, uh, still sort of every couple of days, uh, one of the national writers, if he, if he wants to get in the conversation, he'll just tweet something about, well, there's still teams talking about Corey Kluber or there's still interest in Trevor Bauer. So, uh, what's your position? What do you feel, uh, is going to happen with Bauer or, uh, or Kluber, you know, before, uh, you know, between now and the start of spring training? I think, I think both of them are on the club right now. I think they'll go to spring training on the team. I mean, I think there's still a possibility of them getting traded, but it'll be a long shot, I think. They've got to get absolutely everything they want, you know. So, And I still don't I – don't I don't know how this makes you better. I don't know how trading those two guys with the, with the state of the roster right now one of those two guys, I don't know how that makes you better. You know, I, I, I really think this is, this is kind of a, uh, a skeleton crew right now. You know, I mean, when you look at that lineup or, and you look at the bullpen, and you look at the outfield, you're wondering, okay, but who's going to score the runs here? Who's going to drive in the runs? And, uh, and to trade your, your best asset, your two, you know, two, one, one of your, one of your best, one of your best, uh, starting pitchers at this point of this off season doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I could be wrong. Okay. Well, the, uh, the moves that they've made so far have saved what turned about 20 million off the, yeah. the payroll. Yeah. So that's 20 million down off of uh what? One thirty-five uh, estimate yeah. from, from like about for, for 2019 for 2019. Uh, it go it goes up in 2020 because yeah. you'll have arbitration and you'll have, and then you have uh, Santana's, contract, Santana's contract. 14 million. Yeah. Uh, how about this? Let me throw this out there. Bring in, uh, Bryce Harper on a two year deal because you know, you only got Lindor for two more years before you got to trade him because his arbitration number goes up. So when it entice Bryce Harper with the best pitching staff in the American league and a two year deal to come in and win a world series title in that two year window, and then go out and chase your 10 million or 10 year contract after that. Wow. Can, can that happen? How much do no, you pay? No, I, can't you I, live pay? Fan, I, I live in a fantasy world. But could you imagine if, if you plug Bryce Harper into that lineup, does it fix every problem they have? It, well, it goes a long way to doing that, I think. You got your right fielder. You got your cleanup hitter. You got your run producer. I mean, obviously, he didn't have that great a season last year, but no, he's still he a dangerous guy. But. Uh, uh, this is all complete fantasy. Complete. But they, you know, they were—they were from everything I read. They were really close to getting him last year in a, in a Donaldson, you know, instead of Donaldson, right. in a Donaldson type move, you know, going down the stretch. They were—they were in serious conversations with uh, the Nationals. So you know, offer him thirty million for for two years and and see where it goes. I if if everything that he says is I want to win. I want to be in a place where, where, where winning is important, then, you know, pair, pair Bryce Harper with Francisco Lindor and you've got, and, and Jose Ramirez, and you got three of the, the top young players in all of baseball. In one yeah, line, yeah. I don't know if Scott Burroughs buys that, but. Come on. <laughs> come on, a boy can dream. No, yeah, that's right. It would be a nightmare clubhouse, but okay, we're, we're, we're fine. You know, <laughs> Harper would probably choke out a teammate in the first month, but <laughs> oh no, I think I think he's a pretty good guy. I from what I've heard, I I don't know. So don't where know. do Harper and Machado uh, end up? Because we see we've seen Machado on his tour this week 
uh, he he looked at Philly. He looked at New York. He was in Chicago and the White Sox. Do the Indians are the Indians afraid of Machado landing in Chicago? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know where he. I think right now I think the best place for him would to be would be with the Yankees. I really do. I think that'd be a great spot for him. Uh, you know, he he wouldn't have to be the face of the franchise because I don't think you know he's not Derek Jeter. He wouldn't. I don't think he'd have that pressure of being the guy. You know, right. uh, because the Yankees are bigger than anybody. You know, any individual player. So I think that would be a good spot for him. But I, I deep down, I think he'll probably end up in Philly. And 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 Harper maybe uh, L.A. Chicago. Yeah. I – Boy, Cubs maybe I don't know. maybe I don't Cubs maybe but they seem to be like you know at the edge of their their, their maxed out payroll wise uh, I maybe that maybe the the uh, maybe the, the the Dodgers he's you know he's from Vegas that would be probably his dream team I would think or the Angels what about him and uh, him and Trout forget him and Trout him and Otani that's like a yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't even cover that team. Holy that's God. worldwide. That's worldwide coverage. Oh man! All right. Well, uh, we are getting close to uh, this. Will be our last podcast before Christmas. So, uh, Hoinsey, uh, uh happy holidays, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, it, it's been a been been a fun season so far. Uh, running down these podcasts, we we really appreciate all the people who are listening. Um, and we've got maybe one. Uh, Oh, you're going to be you're going to be on a boat somewhere. So we, we'll, yeah. we'll skip the uh, we'll skip the end of the year uh, podcast. So let's officially call this the end of the year podcast right here, the last podcast of 2018. We should uh, have some champagne, popping some corks. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll go pop something uh, maybe a little less expensive uh, in the fridge here in a second. Uh, so, uh, Paul, again, uh, we appreciate uh, you know everything you've done uh, here on the podcast this year. Uh, your, your final thought for for 2018. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, my final thought is the Indians won 91 games last year and it never felt like they hit high gear to me. It, it was weird. You know, they, they were a very, very good team, but I, I, I was left with the impression that they could have been better. Well, let's hope that, uh, that they live up to that potential, uh, you know, in, in 2019 and then, you know, we're right back here talking about another playoff chase uh, towards the end of the, the 2019 season. Uh, again, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you in the new year, and thanks for listening.